Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. And the shit talking is going to continue when it comes to Leicester City because, well, they kind of deserve it. Um, So here to discuss it with me um, is only Andres this week. Sam is is out. So uh, I guess that Houston trip kind of KO'd him for the week, huh, Andres? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I know my Monday was pretty rough. You know, some people need extra days and and Sam's getting older, you know. He He just can't keep up anymore. He's an old man. Well, um, I mean, let's kind of just get into it, dude. Uh, we're obviously still on cloud nine after that result. And I don't think it was just the result, to be completely honest. Um, I think it was the whole performance as a whole. Um, so really quick, just going to go through the lineups here. Um, we had Mendy and goal, um, a back three of uh, Thiago Silva, uh, Rudiger on the left-hand side. And Reese James returning to his spot on the right. Um, wingbacks of Aspilaqueta, Ben Chilwell uh, returns as in the starting 11. And then we have Jorgolo starting in the midfield um, with a front three of Pulisic, Mount, and Timo Werner. So, Andres, uh, just quick thoughts on the lineup. I mean, obviously, before the match started, we thought that it might be time to rotate that front three. Havertz. Pulls up with a little hamstring injury. We see Timo again. What did you make of it? Uh, well, I want to start with the fact that Reese James is still at the back three. Mm. Uh, I wasn't sure if Tuchel was going to, you know, think that mistake was enough to pull him out. I'm glad he didn't. I thought he was solid again today. I was still thinking that. You know, initially I thought maybe playing Aspie and Chilwell was slightly defensive. I was, you know, I mentioned it last week. I was hoping for Cho at wingback when we need to push for goals. And the front three, I mean, when Havertz went down, I thought this was the only front three that made sense. So in terms of the lineup, I was pretty content about it. Like I said, the only kind of gripe I had was I wanted Cho at Ryan wingback just because I thought, we needed to come in guns blazing. And even without Cho, I felt like the boys did that today. Yeah. Um, I think the first 10 minutes kind of told the story of our intent for the rest of the Dude, that energy and that kind of intensity just from the get-go, that's exactly what we were missing from the cup final. So it was a little frustrating for me to to see that um, right from the start. But obviously better late than never. We got the result that we needed. Um, Andres, you got I mean, something to say. Yeah, I think, you know, you say you're disappointing to see that. I actually was glad to see that. I would have been more disappointed if we came flat-footed again. No, you no, know, what I meant what I meant was I was disappointed that we didn't do it in the cup final, but we managed uh, well, to do it for the Premier League. I mean, yeah, I think that was kind of a wake-up call, right? That yeah. you can't just coast to victory, especially in a final. Uh, so, so for them to react and, and bring, you know, after all the apologies really kind of come in with the right foot forward and give these fans who have waited for so long to see the blues again in person, the performance they deserved, I, I was ecstatic about it. Okay. So before we get into these Twitter questions, because they basically built our script today, 
Um, you mentioned the fans. I think the atmosphere today impacted the match greatly, not only in terms of the way the players played, which was evident right from the start, but in terms of the refereeing decisions, I thought this, the uh, the second penalty shout, both of them were actually penalties, but the one that was actually called the penalty, I thought that was heavily influenced by the crowd. And by the way, Mike Dean is still an absolute cunt. Some things never seem to change. But but I mean, just kind of go like piggybacking off that that you know the crowd back in the stadium fan point. If you're listening to this podcast and you were there, God bless you. That atmosphere looked unbelievable. And sitting sitting at home, only ten thousand people at Stamford Bridge. It sounded like twenty or thirty. It did not sound like it was only at what is that like a twenty five percent capacity? It was just ridiculous. But what did you kind of make of that? I mean, did you see the team yeah. get uplifted or oh, for sure. did you even I see think, the influence on the ref? So nah, I, I don't know about that because if the influence on the ref would have been an issue, a, a thing that benefit us, we would have gotten the clear pen in the first half and a few other calls as well. I think it took him way too long to pull out the first yellow on Lester who was looking for blood from minute 25 onwards with their fouls. But in terms of the crowd, I think, I think, Part of it is the players have somebody to play for. And that sounds weird, but if you come into an empty stadium and your things are not going well and you lose a match, it's okay. You, you disappointed yourself. You, you pick yourself back up and that's it. But when you have people who are spending the hard-earned money to come watch you and they're singing your name and they are supporting you through a, whether it's a good or bad 90 minutes, you're playing for them. And I think that's the biggest impact. The fans were heard. I think, again, the players know they disappointed this past weekend. Obviously, all of us wish they would have realized the importance of last weekend. But the performance in terms of the impact from the fans, I think, was clear. I think that it was great to see that the fans didn't stop singing for most of the game. And the one thing that I thought was hilarious is that at least in the U.S. channels, NBC Sports had a note below the scoreline that said uh, fan audio is authentic from the stadium or something oh, along yeah. those lines, yeah. which yeah. is They had to specifically mention. Yes, because <laughs> over the past year, that first, you know, those first couple of weeks of, of us watching uh, the Premier League, they would p- put a little pop-up saying you're watching this match with fan gen- or artificially generated fan noise. And then they stopped showing it because it was, you know, that's what you expected. And now they have to clarify, yeah, what you're listening to and having the clarity to hear our fans yell wanker, wanker, wanker at the ref was yeah. fantastic. I love that. I, The ref, man. What What is up with these uh, English refs? They're, dude, I say this every time we have a bad English performance. There's a reason they didn't get invited to the World Cup. Period. It's. it's I, it just, I kept it thinking that the whole like, entire game. I had your voice in the back of my mind. But I still, I, 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 we go for you, it. like real quick. Like we talked about it before. I think VAR is supposed to allow them to improve their job, but some some refs are letting these additions do the job for them, and they've just gotten lazy. I, I really think yeah. that's it. And again, if you do have VAR and you even question for a second a call, call it and then get it right. So again, 
I honestly think Mike Dean over here is thinking for for their first penalty, who where he had a clear side of it that he it's just an ego thing at this point for some guys. Like I can't go in, call blow the whistle and then be proven wrong or right, you know, by a camera. I really think that's a big part of it. Cause had he blown the whistle, it could have been, you know, a penalty. I don't know if VAR, I don't, everyone just has such a weird rule. I don't know if VR could have just stopped him and been like, yeah, that was a penalty, man. Call it back. But that was clear, man. And he was right there. There's pictures of him three, four yards away from the incident with nobody in there in his way. It's just weird, man. Mike Dean is just not, not the greatest ref. And I know even some of our listeners had something to say about that. Well, it's not just Mike Dean. It seems like every single referee we get, we had Michael Oliver last time around. And then watch next week against Villa, we're probably going to complain about the same thing. Um, but this isn't a podcast to complain about the refs. This well, is a no, podcast no. to talk we, about Chelsea. We did Chelsea. get a question, though. We did get a question from Russell Saunders. Oh, Shout out to nice him all the way in Australia. He asked if Mike Dean is on our Christmas card list. And if yes, why? And what do you like most about him? <laughs> and Zach, I'll tell you something. If I had the capability of having Mike Dean on my Christmas list, that means I know where he lives. And let me tell you something. <laughs> he would not be getting a Christmas card. That's for sure. I'm not saying I'd go as far as something that crosses the line, but you know, maybe I'll go back to the middle school days and, and, poop in a paper bag and light it on fire and his that's front door. exactly that's what i was thinking you know a little yeah. something childish but good god man i i hope to god i never have that man on my christmas card list <sighs> i can't stand him um we'll just kind of move on because fuck <laughs> Mike Dean, that's why uh let's talk about tony rudiger man i wore my rudiger kit to houston um proudly i will say that because of his performances under tuchel this season and then he doesn't have the performance we want in the fa cup he gets his chance at redemption and man this guy doesn't disappoint rudiger gives you everything in terms of commitment in terms of uh, defensive stability and in terms of entertainment value andres (laughs) <laughs> he is so fun to watch, not only on the ball when he tries to do pirouettes and tries to dribble people. And when he and by the way, when he puts his head down and dribbles, he's like a he's like a freaking battery ram battering ram. Him and Zuma are very similar in that sense. But kind they, of, they, they both got possessed by the ghost of Maradona at some point in their Chelsea career. That roulette was something, man. <laughs> it was amazing. And the fact that he forcefully pulled it off, too. Like, it, the, the touch was way too heavy. It was all over the place. <laughs> and he just pulls the defender right out of his way with both hands, steps right in front of him, continues doing his thing, eventually gets fouled. He, he He's a bat out of hell. And I'm, and I'm all here for it, man. So <laughs> um, Kendall Higa kind of asked uh, – Again, why is Rudiger the first name on the team sheet? He's he's leading. He's leading the let's call it the Rudiger, the Rudiger rampage. I don't know. He's no, he's leading the fan like club. German, we got to get like a German thing going. <laughs> we'll have to figure it out before yeah. the next episode. But I mean, man, you know the, the reason you bring him out is because he's your emotional leader on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts with 
with bouncing back from a bad performance and it ends with him being the first to stand up to his team for his teammates when when Lester decides to to pull a uh, like a volume two of the Battle of the Bridge. And you need that guy. You need somebody that just looks, you know, he'll, he'll he has your back no matter what and is a psycho. Like that's the only way I can describe Rudiger when when he starts just he's just so physical and you know, I have a friend who's a Liverpool fan who was saying like, oh, this is the kind of thing that gets Rudiger in trouble. And it's like, look, man, just because you don't like Rudiger, he, he tries to defend it when Fernandinho does it and calls it leadership. That's leadership right there. The guy yeah. knew exactly what he was doing, defending his teammates. He knows the clock is running. He knows this makes Leicester, Leicester City players think about fighting rather than thinking about scoring, which they almost did at the end there. He, he just did it all for Chelsea today. I mean, he even scored with the side of his hip. Like, the guy the guy was on one today. He only scores against Leicester, too. He loves scoring against Leicester, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think my favorite part about the performance today, Andres, it's not only that, 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 that confrontational aspect, but you, uh, you mentioned all of those net posi- all those net positives because of it, right? The teammates get fired up. Leicester players get distracted. Uh, the referees forced to make a couple of tough decisions. Maybe somebody gets sent off. It puts a couple of their players in difficult positions. It takes time off the clock. But one thing we didn't mention was the crowd effect too. It got the crowd behind the team for the rest of the match. The second that Leicester's goal went in, the mood went from. It came out of nowhere. To be fair. Yeah. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did come out of nowhere, but it kind of went from like we're gonna fucking kill you to uh oh, we gotta be careful. Now. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like that last confrontation that Rudiger had, where he was defending—I forget who it was—but um, whoever he was Chilwell. defending, it was Chilwell. Yeah, he Chilwell. Got, that got stomped. That should, to, to be fair, that should have been a red card to begin with. Guy comes yeah. cleats down, stomping it's all the bullshit. way from the shin down to his foot. It's bullshit. Ricardo, it was Ricardo Pereira. Really quick, really quick on Lester. They're a dirty bunch, dude. And, and I used to like these guys. To think that I used to be like, ah, Lester's actually kind of cool. You know, we did them a couple favors. They did us a couple favors. <sighs> there is no love lost anymore. I think I hate them now. I think it's on that level. After I, that, think, I think we respect. always, I think Chelsea's always matched up with these teams that need something laid on. And their true colors really shine when things don't go their way. Because, again, you know, earlier this season when they beat us under Lampard, you know, that video surfaced of, of James Madison where he's smiling and he looks like such a good kid and he's talking about the manager. But then today you've got Ayosi Perez, Ricardo Pereira, Ndidi, uh, Tielemans, players that are coming in late trying to, to pull crap That's underneath the ref's nose. And, and to go back to Rudiger, he didn't stand for it. And every chance he got, he was reminding them that he sees what they're doing and he's body checking. And Castagna got decked at one point. Oh, I'm so dude. surprised the ref didn't see that. Fine by me, dude. Because, yeah. again, props to Rudiger for standing up to his teammates. Because Mike Dean, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it almost it's feels like. Mourinho's quote from years ago that there is a campaign against Chelsea pops up at times like this when we need a result. Because again, this weekend we didn't do enough to win, but then the VAR goes our way twice against us twice. Then this half, 
this first half. We don't get the penalty. There's missed calls. Pulisic got fouled at least 10 more times this match. So it's just Mm -hmm. somebody has to stand up. And and you talk about the fans. And I'm sorry that I'm kind of bouncing off everywhere. But you have a – if the fans kind of start booing the ref, that gives the players the courage to know, okay, yeah, something was missed there. And and that's when players get the balls to really go up to the ref and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I I mean, do we look past Rudiger for man of the match? Willie B wants to know. Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> Chilwell for me. I think Chilwell yeah. played really well down the left. I think Mount was awesome today, too. I mean, yeah. By the way, congratulations to Mason Mount, officially a player of the season. Yeah, you didn't mention that. Uh, no contest, right? I don't think anybody. Came no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I know yeah. means I think uh, you, get, you give some honorable mentions that are a far below the top position. Maybe Edward Mendy. Um, I was thinking besides Mendy, if there's like Yaski. a second half, maybe comeback of the year, you do give it to Rudiger. Yeah. Comeback player of the season after he was supposed to be sold last summer, after all of us called for him to be sold last summer. Yeah. That's He's that's on the that's verge crazy. of an extension, man. And I'm and I'm here for it. He deserves right. it. Same. Yeah. No qualms um, there. Commodore Papadopoulos reached out. I love saying that name, Papadopoulos. <laughs> um I grew up around a bunch of Greeks, so I've I've heard that name before. Uh a.k.a. at CFC asks, how do we consider this season if for some reason or for some horrible reason we don't get top four and lose the Champions League final? Um, wow. Glass half empty much? I don't know. <laughs> I I really – I wanted to – and again, to Commodore, no, no disrespect. I really wanted to bring this up to say, like, we're not – we're not getting both. We're not going to get both negatives here. The, the, the more likelihood of it all is that we'll get either bo- – if it's going to be both, it's going to be both positive. I, I really think today's win, the way we came out from the beginning, really shows that the, these guys know what's at stake. And I don't see us – even regardless of, of, of how many days rest they get between now and Sunday, and then regardless again from Sunday to next Sunday – I think these last three matches are going to be the best three performances of the season, full stop. I think Mm. the FA Cup final embarrassment, because it was embarrassing for them to wait till the 80th minute to really push for something, showed these guys what they need to be doing every single day. There is no full season ahead of them for them to be worried about here now. It's now or never, and we have two finals left. We are one point above uh, Leicester and Liverpool plays tomorrow. So top four is not over. And in terms of the Champions League final, man, like, listen, this season is is two separate chapters. So it's really hard to to put it all into one full-on review, I guess, because you had the the first, you know, you have split into quarters, I guess. You have the first quarter of the season where things are flying under Lampard. Then you have the second quarter where he lost the plot. The players weren't also helping him out. He loses his job. Third quarter, Tuchel comes in, and we play 
what some fans called boring, uninspired football. And then you have this final quarter where we've done some of the most unbelievable things and everything seems to be going our way with the more recent couple bumps on, on the road here at the end. So it's, it's harder to just gauge this season, but we're Chelsea. We're going to beat Aston Villa. And in terms of the Champions League final, I mean, this game maybe call me foolish, and but I think this game has revitalized my belief that we can beat Man City again. Well, we beat them before, and recently. The last two look, times. I, I don't put it. I don't put it past us at all. Um, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm not looking at the glass half empty approach. I don't think any. There's going to be some positive this season, regardless of how it turns out. Whether it's top four, whether it's a Champions League, whether it's both, it's going to happen. Well, if the Champions League happens, then best case scenario. But uh, Leonard Cohen asked, uh, Dear Pod, with Chelsea fans back at the bridge with a chorus of wanker, wanker, a salutation to Mike Dean. It was a mixed day for Timo Werner, yet another offside and yet a penalty one. With the Premier League season drawing to a close, what is the pod's assessment on Werner's debut season as a Chelsea player? As one giant run-on sentence. Um, <laughs> I mean, he he's limited to the amount of characters on Twitter, right. so he had to split it, right? But I appreciate um, that. Again, the wanker wanker course was fantastic. In terms of Timo, I, here's my thing: I was never expecting him to be leading our team in assists which i think he is and so it's a weird one because we were expecting him to have just the tons of the tons of goals and and that's it he was going to be a poacher not a creator by any means he draws a lot of fouls especially in the box Jorginho is cashing in a fatter paycheck thanks to burner this season that's for sure i will give him a b minus I didn't know how to put it into a number, but I'd say a B minus because Werner was not hired on to facilitate for others. And based on the amount of chances he has had all season, his numbers for goals should be higher, but he is tied for goals for leading in goals in all competitions, if I'm not mistaken. And he also is leading in assists. So again, it's one of those things where it's a weird one because he wasn't supposed to be a creator, you know, a la Hazard, where he's the source of goals and assists. And and yeah, here we are. Again, I'll, I'll judge Werner more objectively season two. I like Timo. I'm going to agree. I think it's a B minus. I think the only reason why it's a B minus is because we don't get the goals. We get the assists. We get the playmaking. He attracts a bunch of attention in and around the box. We saw it today. Two penalty shouts. He had a really good finish that was waved off. Let's not let let's not. Get he that was his full step offside there. It that doesn't matter. Yeah, offsides are not, but the finish is there. I think the I think having the crowd actually helped them, if anything, because they were able to give him a little bit of encouragement. At some point in the game, they were even clapping for him for tracking back and winning the ball yeah. back. So. The little things like that that Timo doesn't necessarily get love for or uh, that immediate appreciation for when there's no fans, now all of a sudden he gets it. 
He tracks back. He wins the ball. He gets a standing ovation. Now he feels good about himself, and he's trotting up the other end of the field, running the channels again, causing all sorts of problems for the other team. I'm not – Oh, yeah, one, one real last... quick, and I want to add yeah. about his mentality because before all the good chance came, there was chance for Tammy. And mm-hmm. and again, maybe Tammy scores. Those are a lot of hypotheticals. I understand that there is has been unfair treatment of Tammy after his two bad Premier League starts, and he's not getting the minutes. But Timo didn't do anything, and it's not his fault. So it's like... For him to be getting his first game in the bridge with fans and they're calling for a guy who's not even playing his names, that can't be easy. Yeah. And, and he reacted the right way. He did. And, and I don't think Timo's the type of person to put his head down and not be – and to put his head down and not believe in himself. I think you could lose your confidence but still believe in yourself. I think that's definitely a thing. But kind of going back to the whole Tammy issue – I think I, I I think Chelsea fans just need to get the fuck over it at this point. What good is it doing, um, chanting for Tammy when we need Timo to perform in the biggest match of the season? That that kind of confused me. Like, yeah, you can cheer for players that are on the bench, sing a song or two, but don't make a point to sing it multiple times. Like, if Timo had a different personality, he could have reacted differently. That's all I'm saying. Um, but he's a good guy, so he didn't. Um, at Black Emoji asks, ima- and I, I'm sure this is sarcastic. Imagine if this team final. And Andres, I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Um, if Conte plays the full 90, this is our strongest lineup. This oh, is. Oh no, this I is, think, I think, I think he meant like, imagine, like, had this been the starting 11 in the FA Cup final. Like people, uh, he he is he's doing the the little SpongeBob meme. Like, oh, imagine if these guys would have played against Leicester on Saturday. Like, and and I'm with him if I'm reading into this correctly. Like, you talked about getting over it with Tammy. We lost Saturday. We lost. Who cares at this point that Mendy started? That you know, Pulisic started. Whatever. Who we lost cares? because of Keppa. Because Kepa's six one and Mendy's six four, and Mendy's extra three inches would have saved that goal. Not just and, that, uh, like it's just the fact that like who cares about that hypothetical? How about the fact that the boys reacted? Yeah. Like imagine if they came flat footed and we got like an undeserved win. I wouldn't feel so good about Sunday, but instead we got these guys coming out hot from the first second, like they were pissed pressure, off. creating in, in minute three. Timo finds Chilwell. Chilwell mishits the ball, and Pulisic is a toe away from poking it in on the slide. Like, when was the last time we did something that quick in a match? It's one of those things. And and so I'm with Black Emoji here. Like, get over it. We lost the FA Cup final. Like, how about we look at the positives from this match and, and take that with us for the next two? Zara Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. Um, he asks, outside of the fact we still can't score as much as we should be, who was the most impressive player out there today? I'm gonna. I mean, we kind of already talked about it's, it, Andres. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mix between Rudiger and Chilwell. We'll probably just give it to them both for just dominating that left hand side all match. Rudiger gets uh, the bonus for scoring. Yeah, big time. Um. Is a scuffle the spark that gives us our mojo back and takes us over the hump? 
I think it was actually the loss and in a weird way losing to fans at the FA Cup final at Wembley. I think that's actually the spark, kind of rising from the ashes situation. I think um, I think the scuffle definitely puts a stamp on our attitude going into the Villa match. We're not done yet. And Tuchel keeps yep. speaking about it too. He spoke about it before this match saying we have three cup finals. We still have three cup finals. And he's like, I told the boys we have four cup finals at the end of the season. We lost the first one. We don't have time to waste by thinking about it. We just got to go right into the next one and win it. So I like that, that mentality. I think the scuffle definitely just stamps that mentality for Villa. God help them. Um, speaking of, Ron also wants to know, will JT be a proper Chelsea and tell his side to lay down for us? <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to be allowed to be at that match. <laughs> he's gonna, I, Too conflicted. Does he cheer for us? Does he not cheer for us? What happens? Aston Villa has nothing to lose or gain by beating us. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. a little cash under the table to everybody. Um, Ron let, a, let us put three past them and then give away a penalty to Jack Grealish so that Villa fans can be happy. Ron's on a roll today. Um, what was more fun watching? Mendy tossing folks or James coming in like a tank and knocking them down like pins in a bowling alley. As Thomas Tuchel and said, job's not finished. Oh, and fuck Mike Dean. Uh, <laughs> ditto to the fuck Mike Dean. Ditto to the Kobe quote. Ditto to how fun it was watching Mendy Andres James. But Andres, I'm just going to go ahead and say my favorite part about that was Thiago Silva noticing Marty standing on the sideline. And specifically ignoring everything that was happening in front of him and getting in Amarty's face just to tell him that he could go fuck himself. Tiago Tiago Silva is proper Chelsea, dude. And, yeah. and nobody and nobody could convince me otherwise. He's one of us. And he's only been here a year. And I think his wife is one of us also. She seems more hyped about being a Chelsea fan than than either of us do, but what did you make of that? Uh, what did you make of that tussle? I mean, is there is there underlying significance? Did you have I mean, a champion it's just, who won? It's, <laughs> it's it shows me the unity of this team, right? I mean, who won the scuffle? We did. We beat them. They're in fourth place now. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, if that loss is what make drains them from getting top four, I think the biggest losers. Again, congrats for them to getting the FA Cup. I'm, I don't want to downplay that, but Leicester would be choking away uh, Champions League for back-to-back seasons in the yeah. final month of a season. So uh, bigger questions would be asked of that Leicester side after this one. And, and again, it just shows me that these guys are going to fight for each other. Rudiger didn't hesitate. He did his part. Then Mendy comes in and kind of bear hugs five of his teammates out of continuing a fight and getting potential suspensions. So you you want your players to do that for each other, especially when things get heated. So it, it it's not that it's not like they you want them to instigate, but when the moment comes where enough is enough, it, it's good to see that from your team. It was beautiful to see. Um, look, I I would keep talking about this game, but. I think the important thing to mention here is 
it's not um it's not as important to break down this game detail by detail because we have another one coming up on Sunday that's even more important than this one. Again, it's another cup final. So obviously Aston Villa um they don't have anything to play for, like you said, Andres, but oftentimes those teams could be the ones that can hurt you. Just look at what Brighton did today against Man United. Man City. What, uh, or Man, Man City, excuse me. Um, look what uh, look what Sheffield did to Everton earlier in the weekend. Fulham drew United. Not Fulham that drew they United. were playing for anything either. All of these matches, and I always say this at the end of the season, they, they are all potential banana peels. So we have to be vigilant, and I think the only way we get we walk away with three points is with that same mentality because teams realize that we're not going to score three, four, five goals. We're not going to blow them away. We're not going to put the match away by halftime. So if they can hang around just long enough to get a sniff at goal, that's I basically mean, it for them. Today's so, game, like before we, we kind of just put a tie on it, Kovacic's rust and my fitness shows gets caught. Yeah. And in the middle of, of against the run of play entirely, because we were dominant for 80 minutes of this match, and, and, and capital letters dominant, off of a goal kick of all places, we lose it. Our defense is completely spread out because, again, we're trying to widen the field and possess out of the back. And Inacho gets to walk in and take a shot. Like, the, after that, that's all it takes. Liverpool, or sorry, Liverpool, Leicester City got back into it, and we were one Ayozi pair sky shot away from drawing this match two to two. I think it goes both ways. Teams know it, but we do too. Chelsea needs to know that when they get two goals, they need to continue playing because it took, what, 18 shots today, maybe, to get two goals, and one of them yeah. was a penalty. It, it takes a 90-minute performance. I think that's what the boys learned against against Leicester last weekend. It showed again today. And again, I think it's going to show for the next two. Yeah. I think the performances that come to mind when you look at this one um, are probably the two Real Madrid ones. They, they looked very similar to this in terms of the way we came out. We looked dangerous, creating yeah. tons of chances not scoring goals, it's so reminiscent. And I feel like it's a revolving cycle for this season. I mean, we keep talking. Until we don't get until we get a striker or somebody that's a natural goal scorer in that front three, it's going to keep being like this. So, yeah. yeah I think, if the need for that wasn't clear enough today's yeah, match, right? the first yeah. half specifically. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, just look at it this way. It took uh, Rudiger scoring uh, with his hip and Jorginho scoring a penalty for us to walk away with the three points. Not a Werner goal, not a Pulisic goal, not a Mount goal. It's a struggle. But, I mean, what are your predictions going in? I mean, I, I feel good about it. I could confidently say I think we're going to go 2-0. I think I think we're going to take care of business. This team looks focused. I don't expect anything less than them to come out and put and put together another performance similar to the one that they did today for the first 80 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't see us – losing now i think it's it's far too important again we have everything to to lose in this situation i yeah i mean they don't have maddie cash is hurt their january si signing and morgan sanson is hurt uh their fake trezeguet is hurt 
and Barkley Jack Grealish. Play. Jack Grealish is just now coming back. So, yeah, I mean, it's there for us. We need to just take care of business. I'm not, I'm not going into this weekend hoping for Liverpool to to slip up because they have secret weapon Allison who can score headers now. <laughs> It's just I want us to be the ones to take care of business, and I think we can. Yeah, me too. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, a a nice one, quick one. Yeah, a short one. But honestly, man, like I said, I don't want to dwell too much on this one, and I don't want to celebrate it too much because we still got a lot of work to do. Um, so until Sunday, let's keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>